You're listening to the Pixel Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Pixel Podcast. Yes, this is a bonus episode for all you subscribers, for the ones that stick with us and have been enjoying the first episode of the new season. If you haven't checked it out, please go ahead and do so. It is really worth doing. Now, we try to keep the episodes as concise as possible, so actually a lot got cut out of that episode and didn't make it into the final edit. This bonus episode features one of the sections that we had to cut out, but I thought it was so good that we should put it into a bonus episode for you guys. It is Martin, Alan, and I discussing the latest games that we're looking forward to in 2018. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. My second and final news article isn't really an article. It's more of what you guys should be listening and watching out for in the coming year. Here are some of my picked games that I think are going to really interest you. And I'm sorry if I haven't picked some games that you are interested in, but these are just my personal preference. So the first one is Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, I played the first one, and I loved it. The whole setting, the nitty-gritty atmosphere, the entire story arc, it just felt right. Rockstar hit the nail on the head here, and if they continue what they did with GTA 5 and put it into Red Dead Redemption 2, I think you probably have Game of the Year maybe even Game of the Decade on your hand. Uh, I mean, yeah, the original Red Dead was such an important game of the last console generation. It's definitely one of my favourites. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, John Marston's origin story, I guess, because this is set, this is a prequel, right? Yeah, rumours say this, this is going to be a prequel to John Marston's life, and it's very shrouded in mystery. We know he was with a gang, uh, from the opening sort of sequences in Red Dead Redemption 1. So it'd be quite interesting to see how it all came about. Do you think they'll bring the heist mechanics from GTA across if this is going to be more gang-based? See, this is uh, a real point that I did want to talk about, about GTA 5. GTA 5 hit uh, every mark that they could. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed GTA 5. And stuff like the heists would probably become like... Um, like proper Western bank job sort of thing, you know, go in there with a six-gun uh, revolver and whatnot. I'm That's the bit that sort of scares me a little because as good as the online was, I feel like um this day and age, online can even make and break a game. The one criticism that I did have with Red Dead Redemption 1 was that um, the amount of times I got kicked um, out of my posse uh, due to connection problems and it just really sucked. And um, sometimes you get stuck on little stupid things, uh, and it would just uh, really did annoy me. However, if they can fix the bugs, and they can fix the connection issues, and if they do incorporate some of GTA V's um, features into Red Dead Redemption 2, then I think it would be all set. Okay, the second game I want to talk about is Kingdom Hearts 3. Now, I know that Ben's probably having a massive sigh off his microphone, because I have talked about this game to death to him. I'll have a sigh on the microphone, it's fine, you know. <laughs> I just didn't know you'd be that brave, you see. Yes, I'm very excited because it's been 12 years, almost a dozen spin-off games, as well as an entire console generation without a third full Kingdom Hearts game. But however, that is all set to stop as this summer, presumably, we will get Kingdom Hearts 3. Now, I've been down this road before, so I'm not going to hype it too much this time but I am excited I love the Kingdom Hearts series I love what it stands for it's very child friendly it just gives you that nice warm glowing feeling constantly every time I play the game so I've I've never 
touched any of the Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, what is what is Kingdom Hearts three? What is it about? What are we getting? So to talk about Kingdom Hearts three, we're gonna have to do a quick, I mean a real, a real quick introduction into the last games. Now, here we go. So pretty much, you play as a guy called Sora who's going out after the Heartless, which are destroying Disney worlds and collecting people's hearts. You team up with Donald Duck and Goofy on a quest to defeat the Heartless. That is a real quick summary of a lore-filled game. And this is a bit more of the same, with they've added extra worlds now, and extra uh, keyblades, which is your weapon, and extra bad guys, which is something that I've, I've always loved. It's a very simple formula that Kingdom Hearts have, but it's not about what they're adding into game, it's like, uh, the characters' dynamics. They're not just sort of like a 2D sort of, oh, I just fight for good. They are multi-layered, almost like an onion, all riddled with their inner demons and their challenges. And that's what people really love, um, a complex character that people can sort of relate to, even though this is a crossover between Final Fantasy and Disney. Sounds good. Would you recommend me playing the first ones before this one comes out? I would recommend playing the first two, Kingdom uh, Hearts 1 and 2. As I've already previously mentioned, there are some spin-off games out there. And I would say, unless you've really sunk your teeth into King's Hearts 1, then I would definitely say start playing some spin-off games. However, that would take you hours to complete. And I think by the time you finish that, maybe Kingdom Hearts 3 would have rolled round. However, Alan, if you really are desperate after I've talked about this, last year they released Kingdom Hearts in HD, which is all the core... Uh, games in there, including some of the spin-offs. So if you really thought, I really want to play King Parts 3, I've seen the trailers now, I've seen the reviews, if this is now released, I really want to play it. I would definitely get the Kingdom Hearts uh, Final Remix version, and then uh, go from there. Play them games first, because by the time you play Kingdom Hearts 3, you would go straight into it, you'd have no clue what is going on. So the third game is something that I, I think many PlayStation 4 People out there would really enjoy uh, what I'm about to say with The Last of Us 2 has been announced from Naughty Dog. It is set five years after the first original story arc where the lead character is more mature and emotionally challenging. And, and you can really see that, especially in the release trailer that they like, just watched a few hours ago now. With Emily, almost seemingly in the uh, release trailer, she's in this uh, cave and she's been captured by... Um, see sort of no-name bad guys, and it looks like she's about to be hung. And it's a real, from the opening sort of 10 seconds of this trailer, I instantly went, I gotta play the first one again, and I gotta play the second one when it's released in late 2018. But I know that uh, Alan and Ben will probably have a bit more to say about this game than I have. I actually know little to nothing about Last of Us 2. Uh, a few months ago I played the first one, and I, I loved it. It was... Yeah, like you said, a really mature adult story that wasn't really like anything else I was playing at the time. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to the second one. I think the second one has a lot of hype and a lot to live up to because the first one did so well. You know, there are plenty of people out there who might not even be well into video games, but will know of The Last of Us and know The Last of the franchise because it left a lasting memory. It was the last hoo-ha for the PS3. It was the last big game that came out that really showed how Naughty Dog had matured over the years, showed how the PS3 as an ecosystem had matured, and really showed 
what they could get out of it. Um, you know, if you compare to Uncharted 1, when the PS3 first came out, one of the first few big games on it, to The Last of Us, the difference is absolutely outstanding. And, uh, you know, the, what they did with it as a game is incredible. So there's a lot of pressure, I think, in The Last of Us 2 to be a good game for the for the PS4. So, uh, you know, I think they obviously have a, a lot of talent, so I definitely think they can meet up to expectations. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to know too much about it. I think a lot of people out there don't want to know. They just want to get the game when it comes out, put it in their PS4, hit play, and just be taken on a journey. Okay, my penultimate game I think you guys should be really looking out for in 2018 is coming on February the 2nd. It's UFC 3. And why I'm really bringing this up is because UFC 2 really took the world by storm. They sold millions of copies, and the amount of YouTubers I watched play the game, I got really invested in it. Not so much that I, I went to buy the game, because I knew very, very little about UFC. But after watching YouTubers play UFC, I actually started finding myself watching UFC, and I would probably, as soon as this is released, I'm probably going to buy, especially after I saw the trailer involving the GOAT career mode, where you can build hype, gain fans, create rivals, and capture the world's attention. So I'm not really the target audience for this because I'm not a big, you know, UFC fan or WWE fan. I never really played the games. I know what they're about, but uh, not my thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Alan, do you have any more experience in this to add? <laughs> I've got an important question. Can I build my own character? Yes. This is what uh, UFC have been about they like making your own career path like redefining uh you making your personal choices in the game and in the second one it was there you could make your own character go up the leaderboard however it felt like something was missing in ufc 3 especially the career mode it looks like uh whatever it might have been missing is there and after watching it i'm honest like i've already said it once but i've now really put myself in the seat of i'm definitely buying this game UFC is a, a real sport though, right? It's not like wrestling. Oh, you've opened a can of worms there. No, see. but it's, it's MMA, isn't it? It's actual... Uh, mixed martial arts, yeah. Ultimate fighting championship. So you've opened a can of worms and it sort of triggered me a little. But, <laughs> uh, but we will not talk about that because we haven't really got the time to discuss that. But um, yes, it feels like there's a bit of legitimacy is the best way of people calling about it. Because how they describe Brock Lesnar, who's with the WWE, was part of the UFC. And I feel like, um, and that's the problem with WWE games, the legitimacy doesn't seem there. And talking about the WWE games, uh, which is developed by uh, 2K Games, I think they really need to step up their angle now. Um, the last two, three installments have been real duds. They took a massive dive down. Uh, ever since uh, THQ has left them, it just seems disastrous at times. They really need to put game. And if UFC 3 really lives up to the hype that I have in my mind, then they really need to go back to the drawing board. Okay, the final one that I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to dwell too much on, is the Bayonetta series, as the third installment might... Keyword there might be coming in 2018. It is still uh, in the air if it will really be released this year, but I'm sure many people who've got Nintendo Switch are definitely excited for. And I feel like it's the age also that Ben and I have already covered on Pixel Podcast and other formats that Nintendo do need um, another flagship uh, franchise because they can constantly go back to like Link, Mario, and Metroid. 
you know the story, you know the score. So I really would like to see this become more of a fleshed out franchise and I actually do not want to see the downfall. I actually want this to be quite the opposite. I want this to be another game that people say this is where Nintendo Switch went from uh, the fourth gear to the top gear. Now, I know Alan really, really wants to dive in on this because I know how Alan feels about this kind of thing. But I just want to say, because a lot has happened since the, the last sort of Pixel podcast and since the last series and everything else. And my thoughts on Nintendo have changed quite a bit because Nintendo, I think, have really pulled things out of the bag. The Switch is doing really, really well. I'm really pleased for it. They are actually doing new and interesting things with the characters that they have. They're not just bringing out another Mario Kart, and although they are bringing out Mario Kart, or they have done, but they are also doing new things with Mario, um, like some of the games they have brought out, and they are bringing out and have brought out newer and interesting ideas to the Switch. Um, there are the typical Nintendo games where you pretend to milk a cow and all these kind of things that is very, very Japanese. And, they, you know, they, they are doing uh, ever interesting things. So, yeah, they, I think they've really changed things around. You know, the popularity of Switch really sells that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Bayonetta 3, bring it on. I think it's uh, another another gold shining jewel that they've got to add to their ever-growing crown at the moment. I'm really sorry, but I'm going to keep Alan on pause here, and then I'm going to let him let loose. Well, the games that you're on about, one that really just stick to my mind when you were talking then, Ben, was the uh, new uh, Legend of Zelda game, because it almost felt like Nintendo said, we really need to get our mature audiences back, and the amount of people who came to buy a Nintendo Switch just for the new uh, Legend of Zelda game was incredible. Um, and many people said it felt like um, Nintendo had grown with the audience. It was something they really craved for. After that comment, Alan, what do you have to say? I'm going to agree with Ben, actually. I think Nintendo have been making a lot of good choices with their games. I, I don't think they are in desperate need for a new flagship product. I think a lot of the people who are excited for Bayonetta are probably looking forward to this, but Nintendo have come out with plenty of uh, new great games like Splatoon and ARMS. Yeah, I mean, what we can definitely be sure of is that Nintendo are on a good path at the moment. They are doing some great things. They've got a really bright future with the Nintendo Switch. And I think it's exciting to see what's coming next, what, what's going to be the, the next big thing for them. So I would give Nintendo full props that they really are making a much bigger impact than they did with the Wii U. And especially with their move towards the smartphone market, bringing, you know, the Mario Kart franchise, which has been announced very recently, over to the smartphones to complement their Super Mario Brothers and the Animal Crossing games. I think it's a really bright future. What do you get when you cross a joke with a rhetorical question? Pixel Podcasts. Thank you very much for listening to this bonus episode of the podcast. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, please hit that subscribe button as it will mean that you'll get the latest episodes in your downloads ready to go for you to listen on the train, on the tube, in the car, or where it is you like to listen to your podcasts. We are available on Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Apple Store, and in the usual places that you find your podcast. So have a search, Pixel Podcast, and you should be able to find us there. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Adios. You've been listening to the Pixel Podcast. Thank you and good night. Or as they say in gamer speak, G-G-N-O-R-E.